Hello, and thank you for listening to this life-changing message from River of Life. If you enjoy this message, we invite you to check out River of Life live this Sunday at 10.30 a.m. in Crawfordville. Visit riveroflifefl.com for service times and directions. That's riveroflifefl.com. Now, let's join Senior Pastor Henry Jones as he teaches from the Word of God. Father God, we come before you, God. God, we empty out ourselves, God. Lord, all the strife, Lord, all the tension, Lord, all the worry, Lord, all the concerns of this world, Lord, we empty it out to you, Lord, right now, Lord. Lord, we come into your throne, Lord God. You are the Redeemer, Lord. You are the one, Lord, we find hope in, Lord. We find rest in, Lord. We find strength in, God. So, God, we come to empty out, Lord God. Because, Lord, we in an expectation, Lord. We're believing, Lord, that your spirit, that your power, Lord God, will now come in this place and begin to rest on us, Lord. Because, Lord, we're living in a time, Lord God, where we have to give up of ourselves, Lord. And, Lord, we got to begin to pull on the altars of God. Because, Lord, we need your authority, Lord. We need you to speak, Lord God. Lord, we know, Lord, that you're concerned, Lord God. But, Lord, you said, Lord, if we humble ourselves. And, Lord God, if that we, we begin, Lord God, to cry out to you, Lord. You said that you would hear our prayers, God. Now, Lord, we need fresh wind, Lord. That's right. Lord, we need That's fresh right. fire, Lord God. Yes, Lord. There's an enemy out there that comes to steal, kill, and destroy, Lord God. But we know that you have abundant life, God. Yes, Lord. And Lord, in that life, Lord God, you'll give us strength, Lord God. Lord, you'll give us power to overcome, Lord God, the threats of the enemy, Lord God. Lord, we need, Lord God, a touch from you that only you can do, Lord God. Now, Lord, we know that you have not given us the spirit of fear. But a power, love, and of a sound mind, Lord God. Give us your clarity on today, Lord. <laughs> Give us your strength on your, today, Lord. That only comes through your word, Lord. But it's not through flesh and blood, Lord. But it's by your spirit, God. No, Lord, bring your spirit in here. Touch each and every one of us, God. Begin to turn our hearts and our minds onto you, Lord. Because you're sovereign, God. You know the way, Lord. And Lord, we're seeking your way on today, Lord. We're seeking your power on today, God. Lord, touch every family, Lord God. Touch every heart and mind, Lord God. As we grab on to you, Lord, let us take, Lord, what you say on today. And begin to breathe life into our families, Lord. Begin to breathe life into our communities, Lord. Begin to breathe life on our jobs, God. Begin to breathe life into the schools, God. Because, Lord, you are the way. The truth and the life, God. Mm. Now breathe on us on today. Mm -hmm. Hallelujah. Breathe on us on today, God. Hallelujah. Breathe on us today, Lord. We're resting on the promises of God. And we believe it in Jesus' name, God. Mm. As we go back to our seats, Lord God, we're going to go back with a joy, Lord, with a celebration, Lord, that you will, Lord, do what you said. Your word does not return back void. Mm. And we're believing, Lord. Speak, God. Mm -hmm. Your servants hear you, God. That's right. Your people are hearing you today. Speak, God. Yes. And we're going to be faithful, Lord God, mm -hmm. to do what you say in Jesus' name. 
Amen. 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 Hallelujah. <laughs> wow. A couple of years ago, <laughs> wow! A couple of years ago, my little grandson and I were at the house. I think he was four, just getting ready to turn five. And he—it uh, was just the two of us—and I'd prepared us a little lunch, and we sat down at the table. And I said, "Son, you want to pray?" and he said, yes. And I said, will you say the blessing? And he took off praying. And he prayed, 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 and he prayed. And I mean, he got anointed. If a, if a four-year-old can get anointed, he got anointed. And he prayed, and he prayed. And when he finally said amen, he looked up at me and he said, now that was a good prayer. Brother Al, now that was a good prayer. Woo! Hallelujah. <laughs> wow. Open your Bibles to the book of James. And what a wonderful study we've had thus far. We'll begin reading in verse 21 in just a moment. But I want to tell you that we have reached the end of of chapter 1 in our study of the book of James. And I am serious with you. I, I am honest when I tell you that this first chapter has impacted my life greatly. Man, it has, it has made a difference in me. And it has me working on things that I haven't worked on in years. And this first chapter has reminded me that I have a lot to work on. And it has reminded me that as Christians, that you and I are to be radically different from that of the world. We're not to be like the world. As we've gone through this uh, first chapter, we found out that in times of tribulation, uh, when things are going wrong around us, we don't act like the rest of the world. We count it all joy. That's what we do. We count it all joy. Because we know God's up to something good. Even when the world is raging around us and things are not good in the world, we know God's up to something good with us. And when we're confused and we don't know what to do, we don't get all frustrated like the rest of the world. We ask God for wisdom. And the Bible tells us that God hears us. Brother Al, you mentioned that in your prayer, that God hears us. Thank God He hears us. He's made that available and we ask God for wisdom and God hears us and He grants us that wisdom, but we have to ask in faith and we have to act on that wisdom. Well, we've learned in this first chapter that even in poverty, even in lack, we boast and rejoice in how rich we are in Christ Jesus, our Lord. 
You see, the riches that we know about are not of this world. We, we know about something else. We have a treasure in heaven, not made of hands, the Scripture teaches us. And, and, and then this is something else. While the world's getting frustrated and angry and upset and losing their temper and getting mad, guess what? We don't do that. As Christians, we're to be slow to wrath. We don't get angry about everything, even the evil of this world. And the Bible tells us why. It says because the wrath of man does not work the righteousness of God. We don't agree with what's going on in the world. We may not like what's going on in the world. We may think it's sinful and wrong and ungodly, but we don't let it change who we are. We don't get angry and mad and all the time. No, we don't do that. And, and, and then finally, we start doing His Word. We do what the Word of God says do. There's an old hymn, you may remember these lyrics, that says, Lord, lift me up and let me stand by faith on heaven's table land, a higher plane than I have found. Lord, plant my feet on higher ground. I want to tell you, these things that we're looking at in chapter 1, this is higher ground stuff. This is not how the world acts. I want to tell you, when you're counting it all joy, when you're asking God for wisdom, when you're boasting in the Lord, when you're refusing to act in anger like everybody else in the world, and you are doing what God says do, that's higher ground. That's, that's the stuff of a different walk from what this world knows about. Now, I want you to pay attention as I read our text about the emphasis on actually doing what God says do. I'll begin reading in verse 21. Therefore lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. For he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty, by the way, that's another expression for the word of God. He who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this one will be blessed in what he does. If anyone among you thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue but deceives his own heart, this one's religion is useless. Pure and undefiled religion before God and the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their trouble and to keep oneself unspotted from the world. Now basically what James is saying is that as Christians we have a responsibility to get the sin out of our lives. We are to remove those things which God is displeased with. We're to get the sin out of our lives and we're to start doing what God's Word says do. We are to be doers of the Word. We're to be doers of the work. And the Bible teaches us that when we are doers of the Word and we are doers of the work, that it says this is the one who will be blessed in what he does. When you read this passage of Scripture that I've just shared with you. It is crystal clear, friends. You cannot, you, you can't miss this. The emphasis is on doing the Word, doing the work, starting to do the Word and the work of God. As Christians, the responsibility we have 
to actually do something. When I've read this text, every time I've read this text over the past few months, getting ready for this series of sermons, I'm reminded of a couple of my favorite poems. If a man would be a soldier, he'd expect, of course, to fight, and he couldn't be an author if he didn't try to write. If a man would be a hunter, he must go among the trees, and he couldn't be a sailor if he wouldn't sail the seas. So it isn't common logic, doesn't have a real true ring, that for a man to be a Christian, he doesn't have to do a thing. The poet was right on. You see, see, friends, I don't know where that theology and how that theology made its way into the church. But I'm telling you that if you read your Bible, there is a heavy emphasis on personal responsibility and obedience to the Word of God. We're to read it. We're to study it. We're to learn it. It is to become the implanted Word of God within our hearts. And then we're to actually do it. We're to be doers of the Word. That's what God wants, and that's what the world needs. Edgar Guest said it this way, I'd rather see a sermon than hear one any day. I'd rather one walk with me than merely point the way. The eye is a better pupil and more willing than the ear. Find counsels confusing, but examples always clear. And the best of all Christians are those who live their creed. For to see the good in action is what everybody needs. I can soon learn to do it if you'll let me see it done. I can watch your hands in action, but your tongue too fast may run. And the lectures you deliver may be wise and true, but I'd rather get my lesson by observing what you do. I may misunderstand you and the high advice you give, but there's no misunderstanding how you act and how you live. Oh, friends, James is saying we need to be doers of the Word. We need to actually do what God's Word says. Not just talk about it, not just sing about it, not just preach about it, not just teach about it. We need to do it. Words alone will not cut it. We need doers, not just talkers. The great reformer Martin Luther said this, the world does not need a definition of religion as much as it needs a a demonstration. He was right on. That's exactly what the Bible teaches us. And friends, I'm here to tell you that if there has ever been a day and a time when the world and even the church was in need of doers of the Word, it's now. We need doers of the Word. We need people who are more concerned, more focused, more dedicated on actually doing what God's Word says than preaching and singing and teaching. And all this stuff is wonderful. But the fact is, friends, we need to be doers of the Word. One of my favorite stories that I've shared through the years is about a book salesman who stopped by a farmer's house one day and said, I've got a book for you. And and the farmer said, I don't want your book. And he said, you want this book? He said, no, I don't. He said, yes, you do. He said, when I tell you what this book is about, you'll want it. The farmer said, no, I won't. And he said, you listen to me. This book will teach you how to farm than you've ever farmed before. And the farmer looked at him and said, I already know how to farm better than I'm farming. The fact is, friends, you already know how to live better than you're living. It's not knowledge. I believe we need to preach and teach God's Word. 
But what we need is one by one, men, women, boys and girls, to take God's word and say, today will be the starting point for me. I'll start doing what God's word says do. You want a revival in this church? I'm sorry. I'm doing the best preaching I know how. And it's not working. Not really. Not if we're talking about an explosion in this county. Not if we're talking about thousands getting saved. Not if we're talking about the the Spirit of God residing on this county. I know it's working in the fact that I'm preaching and you're listening and we're growing in grace. But friends, let me tell you something a thousand times, ten thousand times more powerful than the preaching I'm doing when you and I pick this word up and we just start doing what it says do. When we get out in this community and we just start doing it. Man, things will begin to happen. And, And James says we have to be doers of the word. Now, James doesn't waste any time and he gets very specific about doing the word. Look at verse 26. If anyone among you thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue but deceives his own heart, this one's religion is, say it with me. Wow. Wow. Useless. If you don't obey what God's word says about the tongue, If you don't bridle your tongue, your religion is useless and you are deceiving your own heart. You see, friends, as children of God, Christians born again, we have a responsibility to bridle our tongues. Now, if you think I've I've changed subjects here, I haven't. James talking about the same thing. He's saying you've got to be a doer of the word. And here's a good place to start. You've got to bridle your tongue. Now, why would James start right there on bridling the tongue? Because if you don't bridle the tongue, everything else you do is what? Useless. It's counterproductive. You have to bridle your tongue. We have to filter our words. We have to make sure that this gift of language which God has given us is being used properly and correctly. Child of God, please listen to me today. I'm not reading anything into this passage of Scripture. It clearly tells us that if we are to serve God, if we're to be what God wants us to be, then guess what? We have to bridle our tongues. That means that we have to control our tongues. We... We have, to, we have to control the words that we say. This isn't anything new. It's all through the Bible. One time the psalmist prayed, Oh God, put a muzzle on my mouth. Seal the door of my lips so that I will not sin against you. Why would the psalmist pray such a prayer? Because the Spirit of God had convicted him about saying things he shouldn't say. Oh, friends. As a Christian, we have to bridle our tongues. You know what that means? That means you don't have the liberty to say everything you want to say. That's what that means. You don't have the liberty to say everything you want to say. Friends, as Christians, we do not have the freedom of speech. I want to say that one more time. As Christians, we don't have the freedom of speech. We have to make sure 
And I mean doubly sure. We have to make sure that we put a bridle on our tongues. We have to make sure that nothing corrupt comes out of our mouths. But everything we say is good for the use of edification that it may minister grace unto the hearers. That's what the Bible says. We, we have to make sure that the words that come out of our mouths give life and not death. Help people rather than destroy them. And how about this? We have to make sure as Christians, as members of River of Life, as a family of faith, we have to make sure that the very words we're speaking do not destroy everything else we're trying to do. And we're not deceiving ourselves. Every now and then, I know you've heard somebody say this, but every now and then, I'll hear somebody say something like this. And what's amazing to me is people actually brag about this. They'll say, Pastor, I, I, I can't tell you how many times I've heard this through the years in some form or fashion. Pastor, I'm just the kind of person I say whatever I think. I'm just the kind of person, whatever I feel, that's what I say. If you want to know what I'm thinking, just ask me. I'll tell you, don't ask me if you don't know what I'm thinking. You ever heard that? That person's a fool, according to the Bible. Now, it would be improper for me to stand here and call somebody a fool, but if God's Word wants to call somebody a fool, that's acceptable, right? Proverbs 29.11 says, A fool vents all his feelings, but a wise man holds them back. Should have given an altar call right now or wait till the end of the message. A fool vents all of his feelings. James has already been talking about this. We'll read more about it as we go through the book of James. Be swift to hear and slow to speak and slow to wrath. Bridle the tongue. If you don't bridle the tongue, you're deceiving your own heart and your religion is useless. James says, be doers of the word. And, and here is a good place to start. Do you hear me? Hey, if you're a Christian and you know that things aren't right in your life and you know you need to go to work on your Christian life and you need to start living like God wants you to live, but you don't know where to start, I've got a starting place for you. James gives it. James says, be doers of the word. And the very first thing he talks about is the tongue. Start working on your tongue. Bridle your tongue. Let God put a muzzle on you. You'll be amazed at all the problems that get solved and resolved in your life if you'll just obey this one thing. Just start bridling the tongue. We're going to talk a lot more about the tongue before we get out of the book of James but friends, this is a good place to start. Now, let's look at verse 27. Pure and undefiled religion before God and the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their trouble and to keep oneself unspotted from the world. I hope you're seeing this as we go through this. This is all about doing and serving and caring and helping. I know you've heard the expression, people don't care how much we know until they know how much we care. But I want to tell you, it's not just people. God is the factor here. Notice that statement, pure and undefiled religion before who? Before God and the Father. Friends, the fact is, God doesn't care how much we know. He wants some action. 
Now, God does want us to have knowledge. He wants us to study the Word. He cares that we learn. But that doesn't impress God. What God wants us to do is put it into action to do something about it. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. I'm I'm telling you, friends, what James is saying is that we need to bridle the tongue, stop destroying the work of, of Christianity, and we need to open our eyes, and we need to see those who are in trouble, the orphans and the widows, and he's just using that as an example. What he's talking about is open your eyes and look around you and see all the trouble that's in the world, and then start doing something about it. Help them. The, the, you can check it out. The word visit there means to get involved. It means to assist. It means to help. To visit them means that you get under their burden with them. Back during the Depression, which I heard my parents speak of many times, the Great Depression where money was so scarce and where... Uh, People would have no money at times, couldn't eat. Uh, they were just getting by day by day and, and one meal at a time. And the story is told about a, a woman who sent her little son to the store. She just got enough change to buy a dozen eggs. And she sent her young son to the store to get some eggs, and that would be what they would eat that one day, those eggs. And so he goes to the store and he buys the eggs, He's just a young boy. He's not paying attention to what he's doing. And when he walks out, he stumbles and falls. And he falls right down on the eggs. And all the eggs are broken. And there's just a mess on the sidewalk. And he's got it all over him. And the little boy knows it's more than just the eggs that are broken. He knows that's what they were supposed to eat that day. He knows how disappointed his mom's going to be. And he begins to cry. He begins to weep. And several people come alongside of him. And several people pick him up. It's okay. It's all right. I'm so sorry. Let me help you. Let me clean you up. And one man stepped into the mix. And he took out a quarter. And he handed it to the little boy. And this is what he said. He said, as he handed it to the boy... He looked at everybody else standing around him and he said, I care 25 cents worth. How much do you guys care? Oh, friend, there's something about that story that just breaks my heart. Because I'm going to tell you, we do a lot of talk about love. We talk about helping. We talk about walking it out and fleshing it out. But the fact is, most of the world does not believe the church cares 25 cents worth about what's going on with them. And, and, and what the Bible says is that God wants us to go to work. He wants us to bridle our tongues. He wants us to open our eyes. He wants us to see the world around us. He wants us to be a light in the midst of darkness. He wants us to be hope and help to people who are desperate. And we have the power to do that. If we can back off the theology just a little bit, and we can hear the heart of James in this, what James is saying is, is God wants us to be doers of the Word. He wants us to bridle our tongues. He wants us to open our eyes. 
He wants us to start helping people who are in trouble. Friends, that's what God wants. And then there's one last thing, and I'll share this with you. The last statement in the chapter says, and to keep oneself unspotted from the world. To keep oneself unspotted from the world. You see, friends, we have to make sure, we have to make doubly sure that we are not being influenced and contaminated by the mind and the thinking of the world. Do you understand today? Do you understand that we are the children of God? We are the born again children of God. We're not to think like the rest of the world. We're we're not to, to behave like the rest of the world. We're to be radically and wonderfully and unusually different from the world. You and I are to be different. In times of trouble, we count it all joy. In times of confusion, we ask God for wisdom. In times of poverty, we rejoice and celebrate the riches of our faith in Christ Jesus. In hard times and difficult times, when others are getting angry and mad, we keep smiling because we know God's up to something good. And in everyday life, we are doers of the word of God. I I leave you with these thoughts as we finish this chapter of James. You, You and I are born again, forgiven, redeemed, transformed, children of God, new creatures in Christ, with old things passed away, behold, a whole brand new lifestyle ahead of us that we are to walk out. That's what Christianity is all about. And James is saying, don't let the world mess that up. Don't let the world mess that up. Keep yourself unspotted from the ways of the world. And keep yourself in tune with the ways of God. And walk it out. Well, with that, we end the first chapter. And I want to give you an invitation. If you've never joined this church, I want to give you an opportunity to join this church. If if you're not sure whether you're in the family of faith, you're not sure if you died, you'd go to heaven, then I want to give you an invitation to join a very strange and mysterious and wonderful family that's not at all like the world, that's so very different from the world. Here's what the Bible says. The Bible says all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We don't have any special people who can bypass that one. We all have feet of clay. We all make mistakes. We've all messed up. We've all blown it. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The Bible says there's none righteous, no, not one. Every one of us, we failed. But here's what the Bible says. The Bible says that God commended his love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. 
He went to the cross and he died for you and for me so that we could be a part of this amazing and wonderful and mysterious and strange family. He did that for us. The Bible says that the wages of sin is death. That's what you deserve. I hear people say sometimes, I just want what I deserve. I'm thinking, oh God, please don't give me what I deserve. I'd be dead and in hell today if I got what I deserve. I don't own what I deserve. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. I want that gift. I want that gift. I want to be saved by grace through faith and that not of myself. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Oh, that's what I want. I hope that's what you want. And the Bible says that this is how it happens. The Spirit begins to draw us. Jesus said, no man can come to me except the Father which has sent me draw him, and I'll raise him up at the last day. Did you know you can't get saved anytime you want to get saved? You can't get right with God anytime you want to get right with God. You can only do it when the Holy Spirit is drawing you and He's wooing you and God is pulling at your heart. And then Jesus went on to say, all that the Father gives to me shall come to me and the one who comes to me I will in no wise cast out. Every now and then somebody will say, Pastor, I just don't believe I can get saved. I said, well, I can tell you this. If the Holy Spirit draws you, you can Because Jesus said, all that are drawn to me by the Spirit, I will save, I will raise them up. I'll change them. I'll give them new life. Oh, friends. And and here's here's how it works. The Bible says in in Romans the 10th chapter, but what saith it, the word is nigh thee. And it's talking about the word of salvation, exactly what I'm talking about right now. It says, the word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is the word of faith which we preach, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. And the scripture says there's no difference between the Jew and the Greek, for the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon his name. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. I want to tell you, if the Holy Spirit's drawing you and you believe in your heart that God raised his son from the dead and he's alive right now and one day he's coming back for his children, if you believe what the Bible says and you're willing to confess that with your mouth and you're willing to repent of your sins, he will save you and he will change your life forever. I give you an invitation today. And, and I might not have done it as well as others, but the invitation itself is the greatest invitation you'll ever hear as long as you live. And that is a Savior came, lived, and died for you. And he wants you to be saved. He wants to change your life. He wants to change your family. He wants to change your future. He wants to change your eternity. But you have to accept the invitation. Would you bow with me, please? Thank you again for listening to this life-changing message from River of Life. If this message has touched you today, or you need someone to pray with you, then please let us know. You can call us at 850-926-1200 or send an email to info at riveroflifefl.com. We also encourage you to visit River of Life this Sunday at 1030 a.m. in Crawfordville. For more information, visit us at riveroflifefl.com.